Greetings, salutations, and welcome to Outside the Sheds. Now, what you just listened to was the last post. And I will tell you one of the things that to me is so beautiful about the last post is I am not an Australian, I'm not a Kiwi. And every time I hear that, it almost brings me to tears if it doesn't bring me to tears. The round that we are getting ready to celebrate, to enjoy together, is to me one of the most important rounds in sport. It is the Anzac round. It is the the remembrance of the fallen who gave their lives for country. Now, you don't have to be an Australian, you don't have to be a Kiwi to understand about sacrifice, and that is the soldiers from whatever country you're from. But the way that the Australians and the NRL and the AFL celebrate um, their fallen with this round, from the beauty of the teams having jerseys to commemorate these soldiers and, and these men and women that have made this ultimate sacrifice, um to the ceremonies that happened before. Uh, If you get a chance to watch it, it is on television, and I know I've jumped ahead, Shedheads, uh, but this round is like no other. Uh, Watch the Roosters and the Dragons. Uh, This will be on FS2. This will be on Saturday late night, Sunday early morning, if you know what I mean. You've been in the game long enough now, Shedheads. But that is the perennial Anzac Day round match. One of the cool things this season is the first match of the Anzac round will be on television tonight on FS1 or 2. I'm sorry, I I think I wrote it down. It is on FS2. But you'll be able to see it. But it is a very, very important round. It is a round that if you don't feel emotion from just taking it in and watching it, you might want to put a mirror underneath your nose to make sure you're still breathing. Uh, It is beautiful. I actually, just in letting you inside my shed, I actually um, have quite a collection of Anzac Day jerseys. Um, um, They're beautiful jerseys. Um, All the teams take an incredible amount of time putting together something that represents... Anzac Day, their 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 team, their their and and especially the country, um, and a lot of times you see the bugler uh, on the jerseys. I know the, the West Tigers are having the bugler on this jersey this year. Um, I think Manly's got one on their jersey this year, but it's just a beautiful round, and I'm so happy that we're we're going to be able to spend time together taking that in. Um, but please, 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 I don't tell you much what to do, shed heads, but take in this round. Uh, the Anzac Day round is special, and I'm so excited that it's here. Um, and not just for the footy, but to give respect for the fallen. So, lest we forget. So, let's start this off. After I just got off my soapbox and telling you what to do, shed heads, let's talk about round six. Well, after I go into what I just talked about, I know you're gonna you're wanting to say now, thank you, Shed Adamas. Thank you so very much, Mr. Three for Eight. That's fine. 
You can go there. I can take it. Listen, I'm not a hemophiliac. You can punch me if you want. I may bleed for a couple seconds, but I coagulate well. I'm going to get right back up. Unlike Big Daddy Brown. Oops, I jumped ahead, didn't I, a little bit. Anyway, what I'm saying is the worst round that I have picked in my history of bringing you this incredible podcast of Outside the Sheds. So guess what? You cut me, I bleed. I am human. And that's fine. And I have no problem saying that. Now, a lot of people, I know a lot of you don't know that. I know a lot of you don't think that. But I just admitted it to you. I am human. I am human. So let's go into some of these scores. Starting off the round, I think we saw that Kevy is getting those boys together up in Brisbane. They fought with heart. They fought together. They tackled well. Uh, and, and guess what? They didn't even have the million-dollar man in the halves. Dearden and 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 and, and uh, Brody played well in the halves. That was a brain. That was a brain fart. I must have forgotten. No, I'm joking. What I'm saying is, Kevy is doing some magical things up in Brisbane. So magical, they're not pulling the wooden spoon. They're not even second to the bottom right now. And I think as you see this season go on, because Chetheads, we're only six rounds through this. There's still another 20 rounds to go. So there's a lot of time left. And I'm not saying the Brisbane Broncos are going to make the finals, because I don't think they are. But I guarantee you they're going to unsettle some teams later in the season, as long as they stay healthy. Because Katoni Staggs is coming back. There are some players and some pieces that Kevy is going to get to play with a little bit later on. And I know he wants to see how Katoni Staggs does in the halves. No matter, especially with rumors that Dearden may be moving on. Um, so there's a big chance we're going to see a little bit of mixing up, a little bit of movement. But that doesn't change the fact that those Penny Panthers keep winning and finding a way to win. With a lot of handshakes. They're not pulling in trainers or, or trying to give headlocks to other players after scoring a try. They're just taking care of business. So 20-12, to 12, the Penny Panthers win. The Sharkies go down. And I don't know how much more bodily fluid Kalen Ponga might have just left on the field, but Kalen Ponga somehow can turn from grabbing his stomach and looking like he has is, is got the worst cramps in the world to accelerating to 0-60 to 60 in 1.3 seconds and sending up game-winning tries. That, again, what I tell you about this game, what I tell you about this sport from rugby league to AFL is heart, heart, heart. And the ability to pull yourself up and produce at the most crucial, critical times. And Kalen Ponga, once again, showed that he has that. He showed his moxie. He showed his grit. I don't know about that mustache on his upper lip. It's a disgrace. But guess what? When you do that type of stuff, you can wear a disgraceful mustache and people can say, I, can't, I, love, I, love, I love your mustache. Anyway, I don't. But that being said, Knights 26, Sharks 22. Well, here's the big one, the big bomb that your Shed Adamus just dropped on you. And that is betting against Bellyache in his backyard. Because the Storm 20, Roosters 4. Now, what I'll tell you about this match, and this is the thing that I, when I talk about serious topic, this is one of the matches to me that brought serious topic into question for me. The NRL and the Integrity Unit over and over and over and over again have talked about 
wanting to get rid of head clashes. They want to get rid of high tackles. They want to make sure the head trauma to the player is front and foremost the most important thing. Okay, if that is the case, then when a player goes down, Cameron Munster, Harry Grant, you have to remove that player from the field. We saw a couple weeks ago, we talked about this, Lachlan Lewis going down with the Bulldogs. The guy thinking that he's in Acapulco for about 10 minutes before they pulled him off the field. I'm saying the guy couldn't have passed a breathalyzer and had had a drink of alcohol. That's how loopy he was, and they still left him out on the field. And I don't know if it's the independent doctors, the team doctors. I don't know what's going on with the doctors. I don't know if it's the doctors can't get on the field. Something's missing, NRL. And you guys are so quick to throw down bands for a high tackle that doesn't do anything to somebody or to because something looks horrible, you're going to you're going to ban somebody instantly. Latrell getting four match four games. We'll talk about this. But my problem with it is David Nafluma got right back up. Harry Grant, Cameron Munster laid on the field. Yes, both of them produced later on for their team. But I'm going to tell you something. The sad thing about this is these first few head knocks are not the ones that we're worried about with these players. That's not the problem. The problem is the lasting effects. And what we know about head trauma injuries and concussions is the first one might not be bad. It's the second one, the third one, the fourth one. The added up stress and turmoil to the head is when they start getting bad down the line. And that's what we have to try to prevent. And that's what I think that you're trying to do. But you can't leave these guys out on the field. And there's got to be something fixed. Because I know Robbo was infuriated for the Roosters. Infuriated. Victor Radley got sent 10 minutes to the bin. And Cameron Munster ran to the sideline for 15 seconds. And then ran back on on the field. You tell me how that's fair. We, you know, we all know Cameron Munster. He's a little bit of a joker, a little bit of a wild card, and and we know that he probably he he might have done some acting there. But all of these guys, since they were kids, have taken some type of head knock, and even if it's just the lights shutting off for a second, most of these guys have all felt that feeling of kind of losing it for a little set, a little bit, and then coming right back too. And they know that they have to do the most important thing is just try to stay on the field for their team. And that's why you have to take this out of their hands. And that's why there has to be independent doctors out on the field and not a team doctor running out there. And if a guy goes down and stays motionless on the field for any length of time, he needs to be off the field for 15 minutes. He just does. And I know that could cause some, some, some key team, some, some important points and maybe even matches at times. But what's more important? You can't say it's player safety and then all of a sudden it be the scoreboard and the player and, and the team's result. It can't be that way. You can't have it both ways, unfortunately. You just can't. Anyway, so coming out of that after my diatribe right there, Storm still win it. Bellyache once again holds serve and your Shedadamas loses the match. Then, well, I'm going to say this. This was the the left cross that I didn't know the guy had a left hand that caught me on the chin. And that is the Sea Eagles 36, 
over the Gold Coast Titans, nothing. Wow. I, I, I know that Seagulls fan up and Mudgy are still drinking a little VB, celebrating that. Because Desi's back, back again. No, I'm not going to break into that tune. You know how I love to sing it. But damn it, they got to sing it. They finally got to sing it this last weekend. And Manly, they have a voice when they can sing. By God, they have a voice. Maybe not as good as Jerome Luai, but they have a good voice. But I know two wins in a row now. Tigers coming for Anzac Day. Manly feels pretty damn good about themselves. Now change the name back to Brookvale Oval and stop this Lotto Land stuff. Next, the match, the match of probably the season up to this point, not even the match of the round, Rabbitohs 18, Tigers 14. Maybe the greatest ending any of us have seen at the end of an NRL match. I, I, I Really, I can't, you know, I know we've seen some major league kicks. I know we've seen some incredible things there. But, again, 18-14, we're getting ready to go into this match a little bit later on. Uh, Rabbitohs pull it out of the fire and plant their flag. Then, I guess, this is the, the, the one that has a lot of people scratching their heads and a little bit baffled. Uh, Eels 35, Raiders 10 in Canberra. And that has some, this, that has some meaning that we're going to go into. Uh, wow, Parramatta. And my gosh, I, I tell you, this is why this sport is so beautiful. Because your Shed Adamas doesn't go three for eight. He just doesn't do that. And that is because we just don't know week in and week out who is really going to come forward and say, this is my time. And that's why every single one of these matches is exciting. They just are. And I'm going to say the only almost, the only almost give me right now is the Bulldogs probably are not going to win, right? But even they showed a fight in their match that we're getting ready to talk about. Next, Warriors 20, Dragons 14. Again, RTS on his swan song tour. Roger Tuivasa-Shek doing Roger Tuivasa-Shek things. Let's just say it this way. Putting his team on his shoulders and carrying them across the river like Robin Hood did to Friar Fat Tuck. I still have no idea how Robin Hood did that. Does anybody has anybody talked to Robin if, if he has lower back injuries from carrying that big fryer across the lake? I don't know. The river, whatever you want to say, the pool of water, he did it. And by gosh, so we're, maybe we should call that. Maybe he's Robin Hood Sheck. I RB Sheck. Robin well, anyway. But what I'm saying is Roger Tuivasa Sheck again, has the Warriors in the top eight. And I they, they have to feel good about them. They have to feel good with themselves going and taking on Melbourne this week, uh, especially for some, some developments that have come out of this match that is getting ready to happen on Anzac Day, which, again, we're getting ready to delve into. And then the last match of the round, the Cows over the Dogs, 30-18. Wasn't it just a couple weeks ago? We were already starting to have a wholesale fire sale up in Townsville saying the season's over with for Sean, for Todd Payton. Well, guess what? They now have two victories. And they're right back in it. They're right back in the race to, to, to make the top eight. Now, 
you know, if we're gamblers here, are we really gambling and putting money on Todd Payton and, and, and the cows making it all the way up to the eighth position? No. But have we seen crazier things? Yes. But that was a huge, that's a huge victory. I'm saying holding serve at Townsville. The halves combinations are coming together. Val Holmes is starting to look like he's getting more and more comfortable coming back. Let me tell you something. If you want to know how bad the New York Jets are, Valentine Holmes still has a hangover from putting on those horrible Jets uniforms. That's how bad the New York Jets are. The New York Jets ruined one of the greatest rugby league players ever, and he is just coming out of that coma that he's been in for putting on the green. Shame on you, New York Jets. Shame on you. Thank you, Valentine Holmes. I'm I'm happy now you're able to stand without a cane and you're getting back to the player that I know that you are. So, now that that hangover from the Jets' debacle is getting out of his system and he's starting to, how should I say, produce good blood, be careful. Val Holmes, now that he knows that he's back in the NRL fully, is a bad man. And that's all I need to say there. And so, if Drinkwater's playing that type of free-flowing 5-8th that he looks like he has in him, the Cows, the, the cows could do some damage. Because I told you, I'm a big Todd Payton fan. I really like his coaching style. I like what he brings out of his players. I like his moxie. I like his straight-up approach. I like how he tells his players how it is. And he treats them all the same. And truthfully, that's what all players want. So... Be very, very cautious of the cows, Shedheads. Be very, very cautious of the cows. Now, let's go into a little bit of recaps for some of these matches. And you know I have to start with that epic tussle of the Tigers and the Bunnies. What a match. What a match. You you, you, you have to feel for, for Madge and the Tigers because... They played with a fire we probably have not seen them play with for a very, very long time. I think I think the last time we saw the Tigers play with this type of heart and moxie, I think that was round four or five last season when they went up to Brisbane and beat the Broncos uh, in Brisbane. And uh, Michael Cheekham ran for the game-winning try. I think, to me, that was the last time we saw them really go at a team and play with abandon. And then guess what? Madge ruined everything by pulling Benji and you know the rest is history for the season. But what I'm saying is that was the last time I think we saw the Tigers show a little bit of flair and heart. Now the problem is they didn't get a result from that match. And this week is going to be pivotal. Because if the Tigers take a step back after they showed the heart they did, it could the, the, their, their season is going to be in flames. I'm just telling you this right now. And the problem that they have is they're going to play a manly Seagull squad that feels very good about themselves. Turbo's back, uh, and they are feeling very, very, very good right now. And so you have one team that is flying high, that has their ultimate playmaker, and you have another team that no matter how hard they just played, still have nothing to show for it. That is going to be a key match for the Tigers. That match had everything, though. 
And let's not go about how the Tigers lost it. The Bunnies came back and won that match. And if you want to know how important Adam Reynolds is for the Rabbitohs, the moxie that kid kicked that two-point field goal. A lot of people thought that it wasn't going to be done this season. And we've now seen Nathan Cleary and Adam Reynolds do it. And make it look pretty darn easy. When anybody who's played the game will tell you it's not supposed to be that easy. But Adam Reynolds slots that, ties the game up, ties the match up, and then the then the ending of it. Tommy Bird just running through the middle like he's running with your with your with your house keys under in his hand and his and your daughter under his arm, just barnstorming right down the middle of the field. A lot of people thinking he bounced the ball, and next thing you know, there goes Brookie running down the field, Luke Brooks, tapping it down. Now it looks like the Tigers have won. And the, and the try is awarded. I, I don't, like I said, I don't know if I've experienced a match, right? I, I, the players in the field were just as confused to us as, as us at home. And, and let's not even talk about the coaches in the box. We don't even know if Wayne Bennett still breathes fully, but I'll tell you something. We saw that Madge McGuire really does. Because when it dawned on him that he went from thinking they had won the match to, oh, no, 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 Burgess got that down. To see that ripped out of his hands was maybe one of the most brutal things I've seen for a very, very long time. But that being said, what an ending. And I got to tell you, Tom Burgess was the only player on the field that knew automatically that he had got it. He knew it from the beginning. Now, he said he did say, uh-oh, when he saw Brooks, Lukey running down the field going the other way with it. But what an ending for a match. I'm saying he had it all. And if you haven't seen it yet, please watch the last 10 minutes of that match and the emotions that, 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 that happened. It was insanity. It was insanity. Um, but I will say this without a, without a shadow of a doubt, right now that is the the game of the season so far up to this point. For the ups and downs, the t- it was just it was just an incredible match. Um, yes, there were some 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 negative parts about it. Uh, Latrell's elbow to David Nafaluma. Thank God Nafaluma uh, didn't pick up an injury from it. I think David Nafaluma might be one of the hardest SOBs in the league. Period. Because I see him get tackled at times where I'm like, ah, that's an injury. And he gets right back up. I'm saying he's not even limping. And he took, and Latrell's a solid, solid man. A solid dude. And he took it into the, he took an elbow to the chin. And you would have never known it. Now, I don't know if it's his new, uh, I don't know if it's his new gladiator haircut. And not the the flowing lettuce. I don't know what it is. But Nafaluma is hard. Plain and simple. But uh, what a match. What a match. And and I am so happy that I watched it from beginning to end. Um, but I am very, 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 very interested and eager to see which Tigers show up against Manly this week. And I think we'll know early, within the first 10 minutes, which Tigers team is going to be there and if they're really going to be up for the fight. Because I know Madge wants to always talk about the Tiger way, the Tiger way, the Tiger way. Well, they're going to have to show it. Now, that's a perfect segue 
as we leave this match to go, The Return. Now, do I need to say anything more than that? The Return. I don't even smoke cigarettes, never smoke cigarettes. I think I've got a chance for Hollywood, don't you? And they come back from the grave for vengeance. Okay, maybe not. But the return I'm going to stay with. And that return is Tom Travojevich. Turbo is back. Wait, let's do it. Turbo's back, back again. No, I'm sorry, Desi. I will not take your song. I can't do that. But Tom Travojevich, you listen to a lot of these talking heads for the rugby shows. A lot of them said going into this weekend or into last week, the one player doesn't make a team. Manly was playing so bad. Yes, somehow DCE got him over the line against the Warriors, but the Warriors are the Warriors are being the Warriors again. They you know they let Manly stay around. DCE pulled him out of the brink of fire, the brink of disaster, and the Seagulls get on the, in the win column. But if you are a liar, if you tried to say that you bet that the Seagulls would win by 36 points and hold the Gold Coast Titans. After we saw what David Fafita did the week before, running over people, looking, just let's just say this, running over people, to hold them to zero. Like I said, back, back again. Because right now the Seagulls now have two victories. And the one thing that you don't ever want to let a team feel is hope and belief. And they they held the course. They got that one victory in over a red-hot Warriors club. They got the victory. They got the emotion up. And now you brought back in your Ferrari. And I'm going to say this right now. If Turbo stays healthy, Manly will push for a top-eight side. But Turbo's got to stay healthy. Because I don't think we've even seen Kieran Foran fully get back to Kieran Foran play yet. And I think I think if Manley's going to really do something, yes, it's awesome that Turbo is back, looking great, setting up tries, scoring tries, blah, blah, blah. we got a lot to cover this week because it's Anzac Day round. I'm just going to tell you right now, the guns are not dead. The guns are not put away. But there's no reason for me to even say it because my number one gun of the week is Tom Travojevic. Period. And if you, you just can't give it to anybody else. Turbo was Turbo. So, big match. Like I said, there was a segue right there. You've got an informed, dangerous Seagulls club coming up against a Tigers club that, they don't, that has split personalities. So which personality is going to show up for Madge this week? So, anyway, Turbo's back. So, congratulations, Manly. If you're, I know your fans believed in you. Uh, and again, everyone was hating on you. And like Manly fans will say, a real Manly fan was, don't worry, we hate you too. So congratulations to Tom Turbo Travojevic making his return. You know, it's been a tough couple of weeks in the Shire for the Sharks. Um, and it continues. It just continues. We've got breaking breaking news that we're going to get into um, when we get into the 40-20 and get down with this recap. But another gut-wrenching loss. Another gut-wrenching loss. 
And they showed such heart. They showed such heart to come back, to take the lead over Newcastle. Um, And I think if you watch the players, they thought they had the match. They thought when they got over, scored the try, took the lead, it was theirs. They really did. And I have to admit to you, you, you know I picked the Sharks. I thought I was good. I really thought I was good. I thought I thought they've done this. They've gonna they're gonna bring it home. They're golden, and uh, you know, I was wrong. I was wrong, and it, it's really sad because I know teams that lose their coach like that during the midway point of the season. They hear everyone say that their season's over with now. Um, half the half the the, the shed uh, is following the, the the coach. But the problem for Cronulla is. Almost everybody inside that shed, like Coach Morris, respected by a lot of those guys in that shed, coached up from juniors, a lot of those guys in that shed. So I know that it was very gut-wrenching and very, very tough for a lot of those guys to say or to be told that that, that Coach John Morris was not going to be there from this point going forward. But... They rally, they, they you know they 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 turn the wagons in, and they said it's us against the world, and they played that way. I'm saying Cornell Cornell played such a spirited match, and they get nothing to show for it. They lose another gut wrenching loss. They have another one, and and I don't know that that was just that was really really tough. But don't feel bad, Cornell Sharks fan. Because you're not the only one with a little bit of gunt wrenchingness right now going through your system. That's not even a word, but we're going to use it as a word right now. Gunt wrenchingness. Because the Raiders right now, you better take three of those Tums tablets. Because I know your stomach better still be unsettled. Because I know, I know, I know, uh, I know Sticky is a little upset still. That was not seen. It was so not seen, it was the first time that Parramatta has gone down to the capital and beat Canberra on their soil, on their track, in their barn since 2006. That's a long time. That's a long time. Your Shed Adamas was a single man at those times. That's how long ago that was. We won't go into detail about any of that, but I'm going to say that's how long ago that was. And I'm a catch. You guys know I'm a catch. And I was still a free agent. Utterly ridiculous. But that being said, we won't go into this. It's a dark moment. I'm going to get over it, though. Don't worry about me. But the Raiders, the Raiders are really, I don't want to say the the Raiders are an upheaval. But Josh Hodgson is out now two to three weeks. And we know how well the Raiders play with Josh Hodgson as their dummy half. It's a big, that's a big, big loss for them. That's a big loss for them. That's a very big loss for them. And now they've got to go up to Townsville. And and, and let me put it to you this way: for the Cows to get a a little bit of a broken and hurt Raiders club to come up to them. Man, it, it, it couldn't go any better for them right now that they don't have to go down to the nation's capital and they can beat 
and try to beat a wounded Canberra side? And if you think Ricky's mad now, can you imagine what he's going to be like if if they go up to Townsville and the cows find a way to beat him? I would walk home if I was the camp if I was a, if I was a member of the Green Machine. I would not get on a plane with Ricky. Oh no, thanks. I'm walking. I want to walk about. Let me put it this way: I'm going out to be a man. I'm walking back to Canberra from Townsville. Now it may take me a year to get back home, and I might be back for the start of the 2022 season. But I'm walking. I am not flying. Not doing it. Not doing it. Period. Period. So, that being said, those are my big takeaways from round six. Um, an incredible round. I know that some of the some of the games were some real, I don't want to say clunkers or blowouts, but uh, again, we saw, to me, right now, the match of the season. Um, let's just hope that's not going to stay that way for much longer. Now, let's go into some big, big stories in our 4020s this week. It's the ban situation. That's all I can say right now. The Judiciary Committee, I don't really know 100% what they're doing and what they're trying to go for. Because Latrell just got four games for a, a grade two dangerous contact, right? And I think that the reason that he got the four games is because he's Latrell Mitchell, and he's got a little bit of a history. Now, a lot of players and a lot of, excuse me, a lot of people have kind of debated if Latrell is a dirty player. And I do not for a second think Latrell Mitchell's a dirty player. Now, what I will say is Latrell Mitchell is a fire player, which means if you get inside his head and you piss him off, you make him mad, you might get some unique results from that. He might do a few things that the average person might not even think about doing. But that doesn't, that doesn't make a player dirty that he's, that he's reactionary to an extent. That doesn't make him dirty because he, he strikes out when he feels that he's been held back or, or, or that you slighted him or you hurt a, a, a teammate of his or if you took liberties with him later, he's coming. To, he's thinking about getting you back, and that's something you better you better remember. You better know, and it's one of the things that makes Latrell a teammate that a lot of people love because they know he's not going to cop anything, he's not going to take anything, and he's got your back if things get really if things go really south. But that being said, you still have to hold your cool. You still have to be able to hold your cool. And I don't know if Latrell can do that at times. I don't. I think that he's so. But that's that's part of what makes him such a brilliant footballer. Is that he can, on a snap like that, change the game. But the problem is they've got their two most key players that have that ability are him and Cody Walker, and they're both the same type of player. They're both fire reactionary guys. And they do things sometimes when you're like, what are they doing? It doesn't make them dirty. But if you can get inside their head and you can push a few buttons, you might get them off the field for 10 minutes or get them banned for four weeks. But then you, know, you look at that and then you look at Jack Hetherington. Jack Hetherington 
was supposed to get six games for a grade three tackle, a clotheslining of Val. No Val, that was not the New York Giants that clotheslined you. It was Jack Hetherington. But he got it down to five games, five weeks. I don't know. They both were not good-looking hits. Some people would say that Jack Henry just kind of reached his arm out there and caught Val high. I, I, you know, I think that's up to interpretation. And to me, that's the problem. Interpretation. And I think that interpretation is what cost Val, excuse me, which cost Latrell four weeks, four games. And I don't think that's fair. I don't. But it is what it is. And until they get the judiciary under control and and, and everything starts to uh, line up equal, that's how it's going to be. But I don't think it's right. I don't think it's right at all. So that that's some those are some big, 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 big things. And 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 and, and Paul Amorovsky, Mamorovsky's out for three weeks for Penrith. So there's some key components that are going to be out for the next few weeks. You know, and 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 thank gosh that the bunnies have so many different, you know, it looks like Walker's going to go back into the one. But still, you know, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It's, it, I, I would, I'd be less worried if I was a Bunnies fan uh, because one, you've got Wayne Bennett as your coach. But I have a feeling one, a couple of things they are at least going to go two, you know, two out of four, two for four, at least. But I think what you're going to see is you're going to see a very, motivated Latrell Mitchell when he comes back too. I think he's going to be ready to attack. He's going to be ready to fire. And I think they could go on a huge run when he comes back. So um, it's going to be interesting to watch. It's going to be very, very, very interesting to watch. Um, And I know this round, uh, we're going to actually be able to see it. Um, And they've got a tough match. I'm saying they've got the Titans this week. They've got the Titans up at Gold Coast. So, you know, they don't get to come out of the blocks, you know, in second gear. They're going to have to fire. Because I'm going to tell you something. The Titans are going to be bringing it this week. Plus, they're going up against their old teammate, Jairo, who's a bunny now. So, a lot of motivation for for Gold Coast to try to lay the wood on the bunnies. Um, And it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be fun to watch. Now, it's official. All right, Shedheads, I might have gone three for eight, but your Shedadama still brings it home at times because it's official. Jackson Hastings will be a West Tiger starting in 2022. It's a two-year deal that lasts at least until the end of the 2023 season. The cool thing about Jackson Hastings is he's kind of coming home. He played his junior ball for the Western Suburbs Red Devils. You know, I think we all remember him from playing with... uh, the Roosters, and then playing with Manly, and then him having his falling out with DCE. Then none of us really know what happened. But then he turned a lot of his misfortune around, and he went over to the Super League, got a lifeline to play at Salford. And he played some incredible footy for the Red Devils. Actually won a Man of Steel up there. 
which if you don't know what that is, uh, for the Super League, the Man of Steel is like the Daily M. He was the player of the year. He, he parlayed that into taking Salford to the, grand, to the grand final, losing to Wigan, and then coming back, excuse me, losing to St. Helens, and then coming back and playing for Wigan uh, for this season, signing the deal. But that is a huge move. And I've told you that I'm not 100% sure. I, I told you that I, I, I don't... I don't have Madge's vision of what he's doing with the club. Uh, and I told you that I think it would be best for Luke Brooks to move along. Uh, or definitely, you know, maybe not start as, you know, stay as a starting halfback. But I think that you've got a gun coming in Jackson Hastings. And I think, you know, because the Tigers are going to have a little bit of a war chest to try to sign some players. And... With the addition of Jackson Hastings there, a Jackson Hastings who's going to be motivated to prove that what he did over in the Super League wasn't a fluke. And coming home, um, I think some big things have the possibility to be very, 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 very key, but very positive going forward for the Tigers. Now the question is, which Sybil's Tigers are we talking about? Um, and that's something that we're going to have to wait to hear and wait to see. But that being said, you've got a heck of a player coming uh, for next season, and it makes it. And, and Jackson Hastings is making it sound and seem like that he is not going to try to break free early from Wigan, and that he's going to finish out his contract and finish out over in the Super League for this season. But uh, great pickup for the West Tigers. Um, now the question is what they do with with Jackson Hastings. Wow. As we talk about a new player being added, we segue to a player that is leaving the game. Because after their round six loss to the Warriors, and after playing his 250th game, Trent Marin has called it a career. And that kind of caught me off guard. I, I, you know, I watched Trent, you know, I watched that match. And yeah, Trent Marin seemed like he was a little, maybe a step slow. You know, still finishing his tackles. But the speed of the game definitely is not easy if you have not played in the NRL. Um, and he's been over in the Super League and, and, and you know, hasn't played much for a little bit. So that was tough for him, and I know that. But Anthony Griffin tried to talk him into taking a few days. He let him know about his decision. He wanted him to take a few days to make sure that it was really something he felt that, that he really wanted to do this because you know usually when you hang the boots up you're not getting ready to you're not ever going to pick them off the shelf again to run out for a big club um Marin made his career start in 2009 with the Dragons and he played 150 games for him so at least he went out playing with the club that he started with but he again said the major reason for for him leaving now is for one for the speed of the game and two, he wanted his money that was being signed for him and being given to him to to be able to be used for a player that still he feels can keep up to the game better and, and, and is more dialed in and still able to go. And I think, you know, Anthony Griffin actually said it as well for a player in today's day and age 
to to have team first because he could have held on. Trent Merrin could have easily held on, come off the bench, continue to get his big paycheck, and just finish the season out. And then gone on a gigantic shopping spree or an incredible vacation. And that's not what he did. It was club first. And man, that's 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 just something we don't hear about, something we don't see, we don't feel. It just it just doesn't happen. So congratulations to an incredible career. Um, and it's gonna be sad to see him to see him leave. because uh, Trent Marin was a player. And I remember um, when he when he went over to the Super League, a lot of people thought that he definitely was gonna go to another club. Um, but he didn't. Uh, he left the NRL. But uh, congratulations on an incredible career. Now, I've been telling you these last few weeks, Shedheads, that dominoes are getting ready to fall. The Habs market that is getting ready to start up this offseason, and I know the NRL does it a little bit differently. I know that they do negotiations and players sign with clubs. Uh, I can't believe I'm saying this. During the season, which I don't under. I would I would be so troubled if I had a guy that already signed a contract to play with my rival, but you, but he looks at you in the eye and goes, "No, nah, I'm focused though. This year's the most important year. I'm going to finish out strong." Now, I'm going to tell you what is an American. It's that because to keep an American focused after his money and he knows that his bread's going to be buttered by another team later on. Uh yeah, I yeah no, don't do that ever, and that's why they don't do it over here. But I've watched now for numerous amounts of seasons now that these guys can do it. I guess it is just belief in themselves, their friends, their camaraderie, whatever you want to say it. But that Aussie players or players, NRL players, do that. And 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 even though they know what their future is going to be, but still play their hearts and their guts out for the club currently they're with is so commendable. It's so, so commendable. So, that being said, as I set you up for this, the NRL Habs dominoes have fallen. I don't know if you heard that first click that just happened, but it did. That first domino fell, click, hit it, and away we go. Because that first domino to fall is something a lot of people didn't see. I know I didn't see it. And I was a little shocked when it became official a few hours ago. But Chad Townsend signed a three-year deal with Toddy Payton and the North Queensland Cowboys. And that is what, when you look at money, that is why a player like Chad Townsend leaves a club that he loves and that he won a, that he won a premiership with. Because Chad Townsend did not want to leave the Shire. Tad, Tad, Chad Townsend grew up a Sharks fan. He grew up sitting on top of the hill. He grew up having people sign his jerseys. And that was always his dream to put on, you know, the sky blue, black and white. But but security as a professional athlete is another thing. And Chad Townsend has three kids and a wife. And he loves them. And he got guaranteed money. He got a three-year contract. And if he would, and and he had a year option after this year with the Sharks, and then he would be kind of going faith. All right, I'll be good. You know, don't pay me yet. Pay me next year. Pay me next week. No, and he said it during his interview. He said it 
when he when he told everybody, and the tears in his eyes and and the and the wavering in his voice, the cracking of his voice, let you know what putting on that jersey means to him. And we a lot of people know that Chad Townsend, when he gets out of the game, is going to end back up in Sydney, probably working for Fox Fox League. Because he does. He has a great presence. If you listen to his podcast, uh, you know, it's a good podcast. Chad is, Chad knows his stuff. He's a smart guy. But he's so smart, he knew he had to get guaranteed money for his family. He knew it. He knew it. So, what does that mean now? That's about $5 million now we have kind of rotating out there. What does that mean for Adam Reynolds? Is Adam Reynolds going to go to the Shire? Mitchell Moses is off contract. Now does Mitchell Moses kind of... We, we saw what negotiation his agent did with the Tigers. That's why he's not a Tiger anymore. Uh, let's not talk about that because that could be painful. But what I'm saying is you've got a couple big halves that still haven't signed anything on a dotted line. Um, and I would not be surprised... If the Sharks don't come sniffing around. Because I don't think any of them thought they were going to lose. They were None of them thought they were going to lose Chad Townsend. Chad Townsend didn't even know he was going to leave until a few weeks ago. When he started hearing the numbers they were talking about at North Queensland. And guaranteed money. Yeah, it's tough to do that. It's tough to let that down. So, congratulations for financial stability. For financially taking care of your family. And strength to Chad Townsend and his family from going from the Shire to North Queensland up in Townsville. Because it is going to be a shock. But you're going to go to a team that really has a strong core. And I know right now uh, Todd Payton is trying to get Dearden out of the out of the Broncos because his dream is to have Chad Townsend's experience and Dearden as the young guy, working his halves combination. That is his dream. Now the question is, if Kevy lets that happen. If Kevy has a chance to block that and to keep Dearden as a Bronco, he's doing that. So, get ready. These next two or three weeks are going to be pretty darn crazy. Because we're going to start finding out where some of these halves homes are going to be. And... Again, it's going to change the landscape of the NRL in 2022. Now, let's get into Anzac round. And again, I told you again, over and over and over again, my favorite round, hands down, not even close, is this round. And it starts Thursday, tonight, 4.50 in the morning, or 4.05, in the 4 o'clock range. And it's the Knights at the Panthers. Well, I told you guys something. And I'm sticking with it. I'm not picking against the Panthers for a while. So, it's at Penrith. I've got the Panthers all day in that one. Uh, Friday, we've got the Rabbitohs at the Titans. Whew, that's a tough one. I'm going David Fafita being motivated. Uh, the return of Jairo and Revenge. I'm going Titans. Then we have in Darwin, even though it's a home match for the Eels, it is going to be in Darwin. Broncos at the Eels. Kevy's boys up against the blue and gold. 
in Darwin. That's a tough match to pick. That's a tough, tough match to pick. Because the Eels look like they're flying. Broncos look like they're, they're a little bit confused. You know what? I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm going for Kevy. I'm going Broncos. I'm going for the upset. Then on Saturday, we've got the Dogs at the Sharks. I told you right now, the Dogs are in trouble. We've got the Sharks all day long. Raiders at the, at the, at the Cows. Again, I'm going upset. I've got the Cows. Sea Eagles at the Tigers. Now, yes, this match is at Bank West. And that, to me, is another major reason you take the Sea Eagles in this. Because this match is not at Leichhardt. This match is at Bank West. And I think if anybody will tell you this, even though I've seen a game at Bank West Stadium, uh, I saw the Eels play the Tigers on Easter Sunday, uh, three years ago, two years, two years ago. Um, but to me, that feels like the Eels Stadium. I do. I just, it just feels like the Eels Stadium. So because of that, I'm taking Desi's back, back again. Sea Eagles, Sea Eagles, Sea Eagles. Then Sunday, like I said, both of these matches are televised. We started off with Dragons at the Roosters at Sydney Cricket Ground. Um, I'm taking the Chooks, the Roosters. And then the match that ends the round, that ends Anzac, is the Warriors at the Storm. Now, big, big news coming out of the Storm Sheds. No Ryan Pappenhausen this week. That's right, the Divine Mullet and Mustache not playing. So because of that, I've got the Warriors winning in Melbourne. And if you know, if you if you watched over the years, they have been a thorn in the storm side. They just have been. Those big players are one of the few big teams that are not intimidated at all about the big boys from Melbourne. So I've got the Warriors. And Shedheads, that brings to a close our NRL discussions for this week. Now, I said it brings it to close the NRL, but let's do some let's start talking some footy. Let's talk a little AFL. I told you that that was going to be a tough match, Richmond, Port Adelaide, last round. But we got to see the Tigers be the Tigers again. We got to see the yellow and black. Roar! And then start kicking dirt on the carcass of the Saints. That's right. The pause, pause, pause. And that was because I was saying prayers because they were Saints. One thirty-four to forty-eight. Hardwick's boys came in and put the thumping on Saint Kilda, and that sets up to me. The, the match of the round coming up, it is going to be a bloodbath. It is going to be a brutal one. I told you that I have collected Anzac jerseys um, from NRL clubs. Well, I've got my Anzac jerseys for the Tigers and the Ds. And that is going to be, to me, the round. Uh, easily the match of the round and has the possibility to be the match of the season so far. What makes it so, so to me, so powerful is we get to see how Melbourne ranks 
how they attack, what they do feeling the pressure, being, quote-unquote, probably the favorite over the Tigers. Now, I would never say that, but this is an unbeaten D's team coming up against a team that has lost. Going to be fire. It is going to be straight fire. It is going to be fun. Young Bucks against a little bit of the older guard. Like, you know me, I date Tigers every day. And I'm going to take the Tigers in this match. They're going to show that they're right back to where they need to be. And they're going to play some incredible footing. They're going to play some incredible footing. Now, sad news is, and it's sad big news, that Patrick Dangerfield is going to be out on the sidelines for up to two months with ankle surgery. And I and you have to know that it's a bad, a bad injury because if Danger is actually, for one, not trying to play through the pain, but actually getting cut on, and it's going to put him out for at least a month, that tells you everything you need to know about Dangerfield and about, and I'm going to say something right now. This is going to be tough for the Geelong Cats to continue to keep their ship flying like it's an America Cup race. It's going to be tough. It's going to be very, very tough because Patrick Dangerfield uh, and Selwood are the two heartbeats of that club. All right, Tommy Hawkins too. Okay, okay. But important, 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 important piece is that. So, uh, AFL coming along. Again, let me put my disclaimer out. AFL, Fox Sports, send me that hit up. Send me that link. Give me that discount. Let's get let's get this going, folks. We've been we've been talking about this too long now. Get on our TVs back over here so the Yanks can talk about the great game of Aussie Rules football. You're playing with my patience now. Let's go, people. You can't broaden the game or make the game, how should I say, hit the stratosphere without bringing in outside markets. We want to be there. Let's get it done. Let's get it done. So, that is our down under talk. Let's go outside the bubble a little bit. And I'm going to wait a second. Wait, wait, wait a second. I just it just came across the newsroom. Breaking story. Paul Rocky Masiano Gallon knocks out Lucas Big Daddy Brown in 115 seconds. Now, if you heard any pre-talk about this fight, the only way that Gal had a chance to win this fight is if he drug Big Daddy into deep waters, which means if he could get this fight into later rounds and the big fella, the big fella punched himself out. Because if you looked at Big Daddy, looked like he might have gone to Hungry Burger or Hungry Jack a few times. He didn't look like he was the most belt guy. But I'm also not going to talk trash because he still can knock somebody out quite easily. The problem is that's not what happened. Paul Gallon was the one that did the first round knockout. Not Big Daddy, which he had predicted uh, and a lot of people had projected that he was going to stop this thing early. Not happening. And now what this has done, this has sent Paul Gallon up because reports are already coming out that his next fight might be a million dollar payday. A million dollars for Paul Gallon. He had to get facial things broken. He had to get his face torn up at times. When I met Paul Gallon at a Sharks match, 
he had just got done getting stitches down in the sheds before he came up to meet uh, in the president's quarters upstairs, the president's lounge. Now, we won't go into the story why your shed Adamas was hanging at the president's lounge because I have to keep a few things secret, okay? Some things have to stay inside my sheds, okay? I can't give you everything. But, got a great picture with Gal. I know Gal, the last thing he wanted to do was to be talking to people. He wanted to go home, ice it up. But, nice guy. Flanagan, Coach Flanagan at the time, who was the, the Sharks coach, was a nice guy too. Um, yeah, so that being said, you know what? Gal is not screaming up, up Cronulla right now. Paul Gallon screaming up, up Gallon. Because Paul Gallon, betting on himself, is getting ready to pay out on himself. Because he's about ready to get paid. So congratulations to Gal. And uh, for all those naysayers, I guess you can do what Shaq says. Tell me how my... And I'll leave a bit at that. I'm not going to go any farther. Now, coming back here stateside, huge story. I don't know if any of you uh, have paid attention to the NFL, but Alex Smith has announced his retirement from the NFL after 16 seasons. He was the 2020 comeback player of the league. Uh, if you know anything about his story, he had a horrendous, horrendous leg break in the 2018 season. Um, and a lot of people thought that he would never see the field again, let alone keep his leg. Because there was big-time talk with infections and a lot of complications that he had from that break that he was not going to keep his leg. And if you have a chance, watch um, the ESPN special on Alex Smith, on what he went through um, to try to keep his leg and the belief that he could play again. And he did. And he did. So, congratulations on a, an incredible career. 16 seasons, like I said. Uh, he played and was drafted by the 49ers, the Chiefs, and Washington. Um, I got to tell you, it scared me every time I watched him walk out onto the field this season for the, for the Washington Football Club. But, you know, he did what he wanted to do. He did it for the sport that he loved. And I think for any of us that have dreams, that was beautiful to watch and beautiful to see. So congratulations on an incredible, incredible 16 years doing something that you love doing, and that's quarterbacking in the NFL. Now, okay, t sit down, okay? Take a drink of water really quick, all right? Get your electrolytes up, okay? Are you good? Because you have to do this because this story is, is it, oh, okay, let me do that again. This story is, it's going to be so fast, you might miss it. Okay, I'm, not, I'm going to try to talk down a little bit. I'm breathing. Okay, I'm breathing. Did you guys hear about a new super league in soccer that was getting ready to start up? Well, if you didn't, don't worry. Because, like I said, it's already over. Not going to happen. Have you seen, have you seen people back down that quickly, that fast before? That's right. This new Super League was supposed to consist of Man United, Man City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal, Tottenham, Barcelona, Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid, Juventus, Inter Milan, and AC Milan. That is a lot of, that's a lot of jack. And that's a lot of soccer power. 
And they were trying to, how should I say, keep their money and not share it with anybody. And guess what? The first thing European soccer started to scream was greed. Greed, 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 greed. Greed, 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 greed. Now, here's the thing that is very painful about this story for me. Okay, it's not really that painful for me. I changed my mind. Is again, it gives the rest of the world a chance to hate Americans. Now, before I go any farther, let's not lump your shed Adamas in with these other moguls that I'm about ready to talk about. Because these guys are hated. I am loved. These guys are hated. And that's John Henry. Yeah, not the guy that, that knocked in all the spikes trying to race a locomotive on a train track. The great folk hero John Henry. No, 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 no. This is John Henry, the American owner or majority owner for, of the Liverpool FC. And, oh, I hate to say it. Joel Glazer, the owner of Man United. Yes, I hate to say it. If you're listening to Outside the Sheds here in America, we are now hated even more. They are being blamed for this debacle. They're being blamed how it was handled. They're being blamed for even the idea across anybody's mind. Hey, let's see if we can make more money leaving UEFA. Okay, you did it for 72 hours. But now what are the lasting implications, ramifications going to be for these two owners? That none of their teams like them anyway. You think you think the, the the fine people of Manchester want an American owning Manchester United? No. No. And Liverpool. Liverpool, Liverpool, Liverpool. You don't want to make those scousers mad. That let me just put it to you that way. And John Henry, I know that you can knock stakes into a train track quickly, very, very fast. Don't do it. And if you've already done it, you better calm down. You better calm down just a little bit because you're dealing with a country that they might just, how should I say, drag you through the streets for doing something like that. I don't know if I've seen such hatred and vitriol towards clubs that are so beloved for for them trying to break things apart. Go online, folks. Go online, shitheads, and look at some of the front of these clubs, the signs that are being put there, uh, what they're saying about these clubs, uh, what, the, what their own fan bases are saying towards them for trying to, up, to, to upheave the entire European football system. And once again, blame the Americans. But I'm going to change your mind here. Don't blame all of Americans. There's plenty of us that didn't think an election was stolen, okay? Don't blame all of us. There's plenty of us that don't think that COVID was a democratic hoax. There's some of us that still have our wits, our brains, and our senses. So don't blame all of us. Just blame the guys with a lot of money that are trying to ruin things, okay? That's all I need to say there. Leave the rest of us alone. Leave the rest of us alone. So, sorry Super League. There is only one Super League, and that's the Bedfred Super League. You lose. Now, I want to finish with greatness. And that greatness would be Steph Curry. 
And the stuff that Steph Curry is doing right now with the Golden State Warriors. You remember the Golden State Warriors team that three weeks ago, everyone was saying they probably should just set Steph Curry down on the bench so he could just sit back and recover so he could run with the claymate, Clay Thompson, next year as healthy as possible. That, that Steph Curry. Now, I'm talking about the real Steph Curry, not the Steph Curry that had cornrows to start the season that threw off his entire game. No, I'm not talking about that, Steph Curry. I'm talking about your great high top stop, your high top fade, Steph Curry. And let's go over these numbers really quick. Steph Curry has made 72 three pointers in his last 10 games and 54 three pointers in his last six games. Let's let's say that. Let me say those stats one more time. 72 three-pointers in his last 10 games and 54 in his last six. Okay, all right. Well, that's good. I I had to pause for a second trying to take that in. It was like a high-caloric diet that got thrown down my gullet in 33 seconds. But let's continue. He's shooting at 55.1% behind the arc and averaging 43.7 points a game in that 10-game span. That's insane. That is something Kobe, that is something that, that Michael have never done. LeBron, never done. It has never been done before. Steph Curry is 33 years of age. Oh, look at that. Is that why I said 33? Hmm. Anyway, Steph Curry is 33 years of age. And he's doing that. The greatest span that a player's ever had in NBA history, and we're watching it. And it's not over. It's not over. Because he's still on the streak. He's still flowing. And this team that's fighting for its place in the Western Conference playoffs just got done kicking them in the knee and dropping the Philadelphia 76ers two days ago. Steph Curry. Steph Curry. What, what does Steph always say? Man's game. What, 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 what say? What's, hey, what's Steph Curry? Man's game. That's right. Steph Curry is a man playing with boys right now. And it's so good to see him do it. It's so good to see that smile on his face. And it's so good to see the Golden State Warriors get back that aura that they had when they dominated the NBA for a while. Huge fan. Huge fan of Steph. Huge fan of the Golden State Warriors. And I'm so, so happy for him. Shedheads, that concludes our Outside the Bubble and concludes this episode, this special, special Anzac edition episode of Outside the Sheds. Again, I can't stress to you guys enough Watch as many of these games as you can. Uh, you get you get the two premier matches uh, on on s- Saturday late night, Sunday morning of St. George against the Roosters and the Warriors against the Storm. Um, but just take in the pageantry and feel the emotions. Uh, feel how special it is, what it means to the players, the tears that are shed. It's very, very special. And as I close out, I'm not going to close out with what I usually say to you. I'm going to close out to you with you saying, lest we forget. And if you don't know what that means, please look it up. 
But until next time, this is Corey Jackson. You've been listening outside the sheds. We'll see you next week. And that was another fantastic episode of Outside the Sheds with Corey Jackson, talking all things NRL, AFL, and all things sports. So please remember to smash the subscribe button and share this with your family and friends and show them what Australian sport is all about. 